I'm Whitney Walker, and this is the Women Waken podcast, where I interview guests who are in the field of healing and spiritual work using their unique gifts of the divine feminine. We talk all about these amazing gifts that these particular guests have and how they're bringing them forth in the world. On this episode, I welcome my amazing friend, the boss herself, Amanda Cortez. Amanda is a fellow therapist. She's also an entrepreneur and the owner of a very successful therapy practice, which spans two states and has several offices. Amanda is a remarkable woman who has truly manifested the life of her dreams through hard work and an amazing can-do attitude. Amanda and I talk about how we met doing crisis work. We talk about the nature of therapy and crisis work and offer some insight into being an entrepreneur and give some tips. Amanda shares about the power of manifestation. And then we get into some more of the witchy stuff like using our intuition and spiritual guidance and dream analysis and interpretation and really turning over any fear of the unknown or what comes through in its own unique way to you because it's the universe speaking you out and it's always good to say yes. So take a listen, enjoy, and here's my guest. Hi, welcome to the Women Waken podcast, the first live recording that I've done on video at my dear friend Amanda Cortez's house in beautiful Portland. And Amanda Cortez is my guest today. So welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. It's awesome that you're doing this in person. I'm so excited. This is the first of many. Mm -hmm. We, Amanda and I have a vision of a whole talk show. Mm -hmm. Actually, maybe even the Whitney and Amanda show. Oh. Especially I might be a Portland resident or an Oregon resident at some point soon. I'm looking for my home and I like this place. Yeah. That'd be really cool though to like have that transition. Yeah. Yeah. I like the, well, I moved into doing um, YouTube videos because someone told me they're like, there's something people like to see who they're listening to sometimes. I mean, of course we all listen to podcasts where we're just driving and we're listening to the recording, but there's something about like watching people. It's, it's a lot more, you get to know more and there's a lot, you can see more of like the emotions and the emotiveness. So Mm -hmm. it's cool. Yeah. But thank you for having me as a guest at your gorgeous home, which you've been here for over a year now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I moved here last May. So yeah, so over a year now. Yeah. And it is such a gorgeous, beautiful home. Yeah. Amanda is my mentor and my like idol. That's that's a little too sweet. (laughs) You have my dream life. You have such a gorgeous home. You have a flourishing practice. You have amazing success because... You're such a hard worker. Thank you. This is one of the hardest working women that I have ever met. Thank you. The most determined. What I love about Amanda is you always inspire me because you just say yes. And you like when I, I feel like when I'm with you, you don't acknowledge any barriers. Mm. I tend to kind of be like, oh, or could we really do this? Like, what if this? And you're like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> like you have three dogs. You yeah, just have one. Days. And yeah. then you're like, I'm going to get two more. Yeah. I'm just going to do it. And yeah. you did it. And yeah. you made it work. It works. Yeah. And I, I don't think I would have it any other way. Yeah. It's yeah. very vibrant home. Thanks. But now you have the space for it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It, it was an adjustment moving here to Oregon um, just because I didn't know anybody but my husband's family. And so that was a big transition out of the Bay and the community there. But you yeah. can work. You are. Yeah. You're doing it. Yeah. And you were able to do this because 
your business has really grown. Yeah. You started, well, maybe let's take it all the way back to how Amanda and I actually know each other, which is Mm -hmm. we work together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we first met, that must have been 2016 is when I first started at Uplift Family Services. Yeah. We were both associates. Yes. Or at that time, they didn't even use that word. They used intern. (laughs) We were still We had left our trainees and interns. Right. Yeah. 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 So we're getting our hours and we worked at the crisis center Mm -hmm. and it was this, so I uplift, it was like, it's a big bullpen, Mm -hmm. right? That place is crazy. It had three different teams. There was the intake team that, because it was an actual crisis center Mm -hmm. that they had, which was amazing Mm -hmm. that they had that in Campbell to offer the community, this place where, because to clarify, uh, this crisis center was for when anybody was um, taken in for a 5150, Mm -hmm. right? And so a 5150 is when you've been decided to be a danger to yourself or to others, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so there was an actual center where kids, it was for kids, right? Yeah. So from like five to 18 mm-hmm. or something. And so they'd be brought to the center and they had like these great, you know, resources where the kids could kind of de-escalate there and mm-hmm. sort of be in an area where they can't really harm themselves and get yeah. calm. But then you were on the other team, which is the mobile crisis team, where yeah. you actually went out to evaluate the kids who were showing potential signs of whether yeah. they might be dangerous. Yeah, I loved it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it yeah. was it was really fascinating work, but it was it's a lot. It was really burnt. It was high burnout. Yeah. 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 Well, with any community based work, it's um because it's I mean there's really no end to the like there's not a lot of boundaries between like your life and your work. Mm-hmm. I found when I worked there, I was on the um the third team, which is the community transition services mm-hmm. team. And that was for the kids after they'd been stabilized, yes. after they'd, you know, were set, gone back home to kind of help them ease back into their home and school mm-hmm. and have meetings with their family and go, you know, maybe shadow them at school and make sure everything was okay. So that was really amazing work too, because mm-hmm. you, you see, you know, how these kids, how after just like being able to be seen and treated for their, you know, the state they were in, how well they can return. Yeah. For the most part. Sometimes yeah. it's challenging, yeah. but... You know, but tell us about your crisis work because that's interesting. That you guys, you had like your little mobile van, right? You go out there <laughs> and our like, mobiles. Well, it was on just, the scene. Yeah, we take out our cars, but it was um, it was <laughs> EMQ to uplift. Now yeah. it's Pacific Pacific Ladies. It changed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So okay. yeah, and um, I'd say that you know it was. I mean, the team that I was on when I started absolutely loved, and there was a lot of work that goes into it and being able to be that first responder in on the mental health side of things, whether it be with police or any other individual with this kiddo in a crisis was very, um, it was almost like an, and this is going to sound odd, but almost like an honor to be able to hold that space in a lot of ways with somebody who's going through something of that sort of thing but also um I don't know the work was I I fell in love with it I absolutely loved it it was high burnout but I think that I tend to be more of a workaholic and so I think that ideally that would have been perfect to have a role where maybe I worked like three times a week rather than full time um which would have been much more sustainable but that's where I met you yes that's where I met in the bullpen and we were on different teams but we run into each other and I was like this girl's cool but you were super busy you were always busy yeah I was busy then too I was I was I had another job part time, and and like I said, the the lines between like work and life get very blurred. It's just I mean when you're getting your hours, mm-hmm. it's kind of understood that you're sort of like in the boot camp mm-hmm. of getting licensed as a therapist. Which I didn't really clarify, but both Amanda and I are licensed marriage and family therapists yes. with our own private practices now. Yeah. Yay. But yours much 
mine is just me, but you have, you have blossomed into like this amazing <laughs> thing. So, but we're going to get to that, but you hit on a few things. Okay. Um, burnout is one of them, right? So, and also, okay. Working in crisis. So working in crisis is its own sort of interesting thing because somebody has to be a first responder, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, mental emergencies or medical emergencies, but again, as therapists, we can appreciate that, that it has consequences for those who do this work because yeah. it's really intense. As you said, it, it, there's something very um, sacred about it. Like it's a very honor to like sit with someone when they're in this state and kind of help them through it. Um, and I think just in general, you know, therapy itself is such an honor mm-hmm. to like, to be a bear witness to someone's truth, mm-hmm. to kind of hold that space. And especially when someone really like releases something or opens to something. And, and it's for me, I don't know about you, but it almost is like something like a wiser part of me takes over where I just know how to sort of intuitively sit mm-hmm. with it and what to do, because it is so it's like, you're witnessing this true yeah. like bearing of a soul, yeah. like this moment of peace emerging and like truth emerging. That's just so it's so sacred. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not everybody sets out to want to do crisis work. So yeah. it's something that you either try out and you absolutely do not like it or you do it and it's tolerable or you fall in love with it. Yeah. Um, if I hadn't moved, I'd be still, I'd still do it. Cause you did it part time, right? Even when you're back in the Bay and you still had your practice mm-hmm. that was growing, you still yeah. did it part time, mm-hmm. part time, or then I would go on to a consulting role um, and held page overnight, things of that sort. And um, when I moved, I, you know, I let go, but yeah. So I I still would be doing it if I was local. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good combination for anyone who has this desire to do kind of like heart-based work, like something where you feel, you know, you get to really make an impact in people's life, but they aren't quite ready to like have their couch and their clients, right. you know, like aren't just ready for that individual type thing. Cause then you're out there on the front lines and it is kind of like, can be like high intensity and a lot of, you know, energy and a lot of just like quick moving. Parts. Yes, absolutely. Um, not always, but at times, you know, in crisis work. And I think that some people work best in that sort of high adrenaline piece, mm-hmm. but I think it does even if that's where you thrive, it still does have that aspect of burnout because you're expending so much mm-hmm. and it is upsetting at times. Yeah. And exactly. what I was getting to earlier about crises is that, or first responders is that, you know, we'll perform in the moment because we have high adrenaline, but that's how PTSD happens, right? Is when you're exposed yeah. to these really upsetting scenes, whether yeah. it's like, you know, again, a medical one where someone's like gotten in an accident or something horrific. And in the moment you have to just do your job, but we know how much first responders often need, you know, follow-up therapy and stuff because that's a lot. It's a lot of work. And even after I left the team, um, I still, I think it took about a good couple of months for me to kind of get out of that kind of crisis behavior, even responding in my private practice, just Mm -hmm. not with my clients per se, but with my team and wanting to just be a response no matter what time it was and having to pull back and say, Hey, this is a group practice and it's a definitely different um, perspective of mental health that we're doing here. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There was something like when I was in that role, it was, you know, I had like my work phone and yes. my own phone and it was like, I was constantly getting calls because, you know, from people yeah. at night, cause there might be a crisis at yeah. like midnight. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of like this intensity that you can, you know, kind of get used to. Mm-hmm. And you do kind of, when you get into a different pace, you realize like, Oh, you don't really, you know, sometimes clients will reach out and they'll need to do like a check-in 
but it's not that sort of more interconnectedness. Mm-hmm. Cause we also, you know, different teams work with each other and it was very involved, but it sounds like you've almost kind of, you have that again, because you're the owner of yes. this practice that keeps growing. You now mm-hmm. have how many offices? So we have one in Campbell, um, uh, another one downtown Campbell and in Santa Cruz. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And you've like bought a condo here in addition to your home. Like yeah. seriously, you're such a hero. Like you're such a badass. She's so cool. <laughs> well, and so it kind of just like grows. It's called Yes to Therapy. Uh, it initially was me and myself and we just grew. Other clinicians wanted to get into the work. And so we grew to that capacity and then word of mouth. And so now we're at a team of about 37 of us um, growing into 40 of us as of this week and or just yeah and um it's just really taken off and grown like I didn't anticipate it being this this big and uh see you just go with it (laughs) you're just like yeah I'm just gonna keep saying yes and doing this thing and then all of a sudden yeah now you have this like gigantic office in Campbell yeah and employ so many people you give people jobs yeah I know it's definitely been a lot and there's so many different personalities and so many entrepreneurs with at the practice and I think that's what has drawn a lot of clinicians in because eventually they want to run their own practice and I absolutely get it. And so they come to learn how to do it and also carry a caseload and decide whether it's for them or not. And we have some really cool, we do pet grief. Um, We have a Sequoia program for parents and kids. We have art therapists, EMDR, brain spotting, IFS. Um, I do brain spotting and IFS and pet grief and um, nutritional psychology. So there's a lot of different kinds of dynamics happening there. Our supervisors are amazing. They've all been in the field for quite a while now and have worked at different um, companies and also like to provide supervision. So we have such a handful of wonderful supervisors and they're so eclectic and different from one another, which I absolutely love. Yeah. Which is great because then anyone who comes through can find a good match for them. Yeah. And having all those offerings is just so wonderful because there's so many different modalities now. Mm -hmm. There's so much out there to utilize for whatever someone's experiencing and for different traumas. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had done work on someone with brain spotting for myself and it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Can you share about it for those who actually, could you share about EMDR and brain spotting? Cause you're, you're trained in both. Or I'm just... not trained in um, EMDR and okay. IFS and brain spotting. Ooh. Okay. Can we talk since we're yeah. doing like a therapy show, since we're both therapists, we might as well like dive pretty deep yeah. into therapy. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. but people don't know. Like I've like, some people are like, what, what's that? Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. EMDR, IFS and brain spotting. Go. Yeah. So um, I can't, I, I don't feel comfortable speaking for EMDR because I'm not certified in EMDR, but I can talk okay. about brain spotting. We well, can say what it is just because now it's, it's eye movement. <laughs> Desensitization. Desensitization. I, I probably got that very wrong. EMDR. I'm sorry for everybody who does EMDR. <laughs> and I run a group practice, so I should know. There's but... so many acronyms. I, I forget what the R stands for. Eye movement. Desensitization, rap. I feel like rapids in there. EMDR. This is so bad. I move. I really. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll put it with you. Edit this part. I'm just kidding. No, we're don't. leaving it in because this is true. Okay. okay. Even if it's your therapist, you don't always remember all. That's the true. We know what it is. No. It's a it's a method for using to treat trauma, mm-hmm. right? Which is that you they found that there's a strong connection, and it's kind of related to brain spotting, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like. 
the movement of like your, your eyes kind of shifts like the, the way that your brain is processing things. Mm-hmm. So somebody found out that if you move your eyes and also it involves like tapping, mm-hmm. that it kind of disconnects almost your emotions from your mental memories in a way so that you're able to sort of not have this strong emotional feeling about something, an event, because events are of course just events. They're not who we are. They don't define us. They don't have to stay with us forever, but we keep that connection for so long because we have this like mind emotion connection. So it helps kind of detach that. And it's especially helpful. It was actually um, created mostly for vets, you know, people with PTSD after war and they were able to kind of have relief finally from a lot of this. So Mm -hmm. it's a powerful thing. Um, But so it's brain spotting, Mm -hmm. but that's more about processing, right? Brain spotting is the the thought of where you look is what you feel. So mm-hmm. when I'm working with clients, um, for the first couple of sessions, they come in knowing that I do brain spotting, but for the first couple of sessions or session, depending on how involved they've been with trauma work in the past, I'm paying attention to where they look throughout the room. So like if they're looking to one particular corner and when they're talking about a specific situation that's happening in their life, um, there's a couple different interventions that you can use. We have this like wand that we can move yeah. around the room, or we can use something called gaze spotting where you have them like pick a spot in the room that feels most comfortable for them. And then we focus in on that trauma and there's something called like squeeze the light or squeeze the lemon. So we kind of just like have them focus in and we squeeze and squeeze and squeeze and squeeze until they're out of 10 where this is super uncomfortable and then like a release. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's different ways to do. There's also witnessing and resourcing in the body where if something feels tight in your body, you find the part of your body that doesn't feel so restricted and you kind of move it into that part of the body. So there's a lot mm. of intuitive pieces that fall to it. Yeah. Um, IFS is really good with brain spotting. Um, IFS can be good with EMTR. I use IFS. I'm certified in IFS. And and to clarify, IFS is internal family systems. Internal family systems, yeah. yes. Yeah. Which is wonderful. It's parts work. Parts work. Yeah. A lot like inner child work too mm-hmm. is involved in that. Yeah. I absolutely love it. And I combine the two, but with IFS, I it's been something that has changed my life and just the way Mm. I do therapy and the way I live my life, but we all have parts and we all have parts of us that show up. And Mm. a lot of the times my clients, I don't even have to tell them that we're doing IFS sometimes. I mean, we do, but in the moment, I'm not like, by the way, this is IFS because they naturally go towards parts work. They're like, part of me feels like I don't, you know, I, part of me feels like I should do this. Part of me feels like I shouldn't do this. And then there you go. You tap into those parts. Yeah. And also acknowledging that it's okay to have different parts, Yeah, you know, or like when there's a resistance to something or when there's a persistent way that you respond to things or an action, it can be, cause it breaks down to like, what is there? There's like the, the defender is that mm-hmm. one and a manager a protector. Yeah. And it's like, manager, a protector, a firefighter and an exile. Yeah. Yeah. And so they are all kind of showing up at different times and into, and it, it offers people really great insight and understanding into mm-hmm. at, why they act the way they do and how it's really just literally this internal system within you that's trying to like keep you yeah. alive and okay. And yeah. like some parts are annoying because they'll kind of over yeah. work. And they're trying to be helpful, but they're no longer helpful. Well, you know, and also one of the things that I, the work that I enjoy doing is working with clients who have suicidal parts, Mm. Um, because instead of kind of pulling back, I mean, clinically, you have to be able to hold that with them, but you can work with these suicidal and self-harm parts that show up because those are managers too. They're protecting us to some extent. Or they can be a firefighter, but most of the time they're they're trying to protect us. So I love leaning into that with clients. Yeah. And it reminds me of, you know, the work I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, 
And it's a lot about, you know, when we talk about those who have, you know, kind of fallen into that and really struggling with that, any addiction or disorder that you develop is also just a way to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. It's a way to survive Mm -hmm. and a way to sort of try to find security and safety within like chaos and struggle, Yeah. right? Like developing an eating disorder can just be a way to kind of feel some sense of I'm going to protect myself from like being hurt by others. So I'm going to like, and I'll find control and I'll keep peace with that or reduce my anxiety. But then the problem is that anything like that is not an effective and healthy way to protect yourself. And that's when you have to identify what's kind of taken over and how to kind of balance that back. Yeah. We're all surviving. Yeah. I know. Well, that's how we stay alive. alive. We got to survive every minute, every day. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> <You're not. laughs> We're going to go out dancing after this. We're ready. We have the right shoes for it. Do you want to show yours? You have fantastic shoes. I'll, I'll Can you lift your leg up the high? Show my shoe. They're it so cool. Pow. Give it a close up. Pow, pow, pow. So I feel like it's super woman, but it's not. It's just like a comic. Yeah. Like a pal shout out. It's so cool. I want one so bad. Yeah. Uh, I'm, wearing, I'm also wearing all of Amanda's clothes in their face. <laughs> I want to raid your closet every day. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's so awesome that your practice offers all those things yeah. and that you've created. A, I mean, this is yours. I know. What does it feel like to have like something that you've like, I mean, you really birthed it. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's so phenomenal. It's just this, I'm so grateful. I have so much gratitude. And um, the therapists that work there, my team, I feel so lucky. Like, I'm like, how did I get so lucky? And the fact that people want to work there, it, it still blows my mind. You know, when yeah. I'm like, people want to work here. They, they're showing up. And Girl, like, I don't oh, think it's luck. It's hard work. <laughs> yeah. It's hard work and you have good intentions. And let me tell you, as lucky as you feel, everyone who works for you and gets to use your services is so lucky. Thank you. To have someone like you. Because... What's awesome about you, Amanda, is that you're so genuine and you're very true. You're very approachable. And I can see why you're a drama therapy because I always feel very seen by you. Mm-hmm. Also, and we'll get into this, you're very intuitive <laughs> and it's very clear because whenever we talk, I feel like you just understand. You're like, oh, I think you need to do this. And I'm like, how did you know that? Like, how did, and it's like, you just can see it. Yeah. And, but you have like such a gentle way about it. You have a, like, you have a great heart. You have a good yeah. heart. And so, uh, your success is, I think, because of what an amazing person you are and what a hard worker you are. Yeah, thank you. It's definitely been, yes, the therapy has been, um, there's been a lot of growth. It's moved pretty quickly. It's been around for six years, which I can't wow. believe that. Um, it's amazing. And I feel like we're still getting started. There's so much we're working on. So many projects that are going to be released this year and into next year. And we're looking at a couple of years from now too. And so it's, it's fun. It's a lot of work. Like I am not going to lie. It is nonstop. It's a different lifestyle. It's having to think in multiple ways and using my brain in different ways that I didn't know that I could or would have the capacity to do so. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it's stepping out and not being a therapist. It that's the part that's hard when running a business is, I can't always be this therapist that I want to be. I have to step into a brain that like, Hey, no, my employees have to get paid. Hey, this is one of our business policies. How do we show up? Right. And so that's always, that can be really challenging as well. But you're also such a good businesswoman though. You're a really good businesswoman and you're very like strong. There's another thing I really admire about you is you like will say things that need to be said and you have like a really gentle yet firm way of saying it. I think one time I told you that you remind me of the queen of swords. I always bring up tarot references, (laughs) but the queen of swords is like this badass bitch who like, 
she had like cares about people, but at some point she knows like this is how it needs to get done. So like I appreciate you're upset about this, but we're gonna keep we're gonna we need this thing to happen. Thank you. And so you know how to make those calls. And again, I think that's how you become successful. Thank you. It took work. I wasn't always that way, but it mm-hmm. took a lot of work. Yeah. So okay, that's what I want to talk about is let's chat about entrepreneurship. Oh, because okay. we are also both yeah. entrepreneurs. Yeah, we are. Yeah. I'll call myself, even though I just have my own practice, it's still entrepreneurial. Don't say just my own practice. Throw out okay. just. Okay. Say I have my own practice. I have my own practice. Just implies that or implies that it's I know it's minimizing it. Yeah. It's like, oh Minimize. just a little one. Yeah. It's still amazing. Well, it, it affords me this lifestyle that I love where I've, I've gotten to travel mm-hmm. with my work. I get to, you know, that's amazing. wherever I want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. And it, that was, you know, a major silver lining of the pandemic was for everyone to recognize how available remote work is. Mm-hmm. That it's not... I mean, if you think back years ago, I remember I would like... When I had like a nine to five and I'd be like, can I work from home today? They'd be like, oh, no, you're going to have to like yeah. send a request in for that. And yeah. maybe in two months, yeah. you can do it for like one day. Yeah. But now it's like, yeah, we can we can do this. Yeah. We don't need to all like, whoosh, like rush through and create hours of traffic for the city mm-hmm. to, you know, all get into one place. So but I think people have been much more productive working from home. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Another thing we want to talk about is that different people have different... A styles oh, yeah. in terms yeah. of like when they're most productive and how they like to work. So, and I am living my dream in a lot of ways because when I used to work a nine to five, I would get into the office. Some like maybe be there at 8 a.m. And I would be like, I do not like this. Yeah. And I would go sit at my desk and like do nothing for like <laughs> hours. And I'd be like, I could have been sitting in bed, enjoying my coffee, going through emails in my pajamas. Mm-hmm. And now I get to do that. Because there's that level of autonomy, right? Working from home in some yeah. aspects. You're like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do things the way I need to do them. And rather than having to go to office, it's like, ah, you know, I before I say too much, I have to, it, it depends <laughs> because I'm I'm running a business and sometimes I require that they're in person. So it just yeah. does depend. But yes, you can be also very productive from home. Yeah, absolutely. And however you want to schedule your day. And that's another good thing, beautiful thing about therapy is that if you are someone that prefers later hours, mm-hmm. so do most people mm-hmm. who do therapy. Most people would rather do therapy at the end of the day after yeah. work. And so that's, I see most of my clients in the afternoon and evenings, mm-hmm. and which is when I love to work. Mm-hmm. I prefer working into the evening and having my morning open for slowly getting up, have, you know, waking up, doing my exercise, doing meditation, you know, all of that stuff. And then getting my day started yeah. as opposed to like, when I used to have to wake up at like 6am, I would feel like half alive for like the first half of my day. I was just like, What's going on? Yeah. I'm so I'm half asleep. You yeah. Know? So <laughs> anyways, not to like knock on anyone. I know yeah. most people have this, you know, that type of schedule, but it's just, it's nice to be able to do what works for you. Do what works for you. I guess that's the point I'm getting to. And that's the only problem I have with like standard jobs is that it doesn't allow and even standard schooling. I have a bone to pick with because most kids are not really ready to like get up and start functioning at 8 a.m. Even some schools start at like 7.15. Oh, wow. You know, like that's early for a kid. And then to be at school all day. That's a long time. Yeah, that's a whole other issue. But I just think, like you said, being able to do what works for you, I think is important because, you know, people can flourish if they set the right stage for them. And that's Mm -hmm. what's beautiful about creating something and being an entrepreneur is that you can kind of create where the environment where you flourish and the things that really make you come alive and that you enjoy, mm-hmm. you know, because the way that you described crisis work and how, you know, that it was like, you had to kind of shift your, the way you did things because you weren't like talking to people all the time once you got into private practice. But now in the same, in some way, you're still doing it because you talk to your employees and then you talk to like 
you know, people payroll and your admin. And then, you know what I mean? So you're still have like a lot of different people that you're constantly like communicating with and like connecting the dots with. So it's like, you're still doing what, you know, adheres to you the most just in your own way. Yeah. Which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. So what else, what is some, do you have tips? Do you have suggestions about people who are like, cause okay. I remember, I remember when it was right before the pandemic and it was when I was leaving a clinical practice, it was like a psychiatry oh, yeah. practice where I was a therapist and I was like, I think I'm going to go to like this other person's practice. And you're like, Whitney, why don't you just start your own? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, like, yeah. oh my gosh, that's scary. Like I can't have my own office. Like yeah. I can't make that jump. I was like, no, no, no. I'm just going to be an employee forever. And I, like, yeah, I remember you, that it was like, yeah, wait, what are you doing? Yeah. You were like, like, you saw it for me. I was like, start your practice. And you're like, I don't know. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like. I was afraid. I was like, I can't buy like furniture and a couch and like rent a room. But then that's because the pandemic, I was like, all I need is my table and yeah. a laptop now. Yeah. So I was like, I can do this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you inspired me and you believed in me, which I appreciated. But what, you know, people who are wanting to kind of go out on their own and maybe like become, maybe they've been, you know, a project coordinator for a long time and they want to be, you know, be an independent contractor and like help other companies. What do you suggest to people who are just getting started? Well, I think a lot of it too is um, trusting your own intuition. There's a lot of trust that goes into it and your yeah. ability. And I and I feel like, I mean, I think when people think of entrepreneurship and doing kind of their own journey, it's not ripping off the bandaid. You don't have to just jump and go do it. That's really yeah. intimidating. Make a plan for it. Start with the baby steps until you're fully ready to merge. And it'll, you know, it'll come to a point. I know for me, I was doing crisis work. And then I was starting my private practice and I was juggling both and it just became a lot and I had to make a decision. Yeah. And and the decision was, Hey, you know what? I'm going to, I'm being drawn towards this. This is going to be something that I can make my own. And I did it. And it's, it's hard work. You have to be intentional. You have to want it. There has to be a passion behind it. And that motivation and consistency is staying consistent. Because I think sometimes people are like, oh, I did it for three months and I didn't really see the results I wanted. And three months is really yeah. nothing at all. Yeah. You know, it's like, what, 90 days? <laughs> that's what three months is. You know, like, that's, it. that's like 90 days. Like, yeah. what is that? You know, so it got to stay consistent. Yeah. And that, that's true with anything because I'm, I'm guilty of this, but I tend to be the type where it's like, if I start something mm-hmm. and I'm not like super successful in like two weeks, I'm like, You're what? Like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not, okay, then I'm done. Yeah. Like, you know, starting a podcast yeah. like yeah. that. I, I do it because I love it. I would, you know, it doesn't matter. But if I don't see the growth I want, I'm like, mm, but it takes time. It takes a lot. And if you really time. love it, keep at it. Yeah. You know, keep trying. Yeah. And if it's not this particular thing, it might lead you to something else. Yeah. You never know. I, I started a podcast called The Balance and I did it for like two weeks. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to take a break now because it was just a lot. And yeah. then I was like, you know what? I'm going to use this podcast and only do it when I feel driven to do it. And I'm not trying to like make it this big thing and stay consistent. Like you're doing amazing. I'm so proud of you. Thank and you. I like admire that. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not me. Like, and it, and, it cool. feels, and I, and I think that being able to recognize that and not like force it. Right. Yeah. And going like, this is your baby and what you're doing and you get to create it and, and create this image for it. Right. So for yeah. anybody who wants to step into the world of entrepreneurship, I mean, it might sound amazing to be like, yeah, I do my own thing. I'm an entrepreneur. I own this business, but it's also very challenging. Yeah, it is. And that's why the faint of heart. Yes, yeah, not. And I think that's why you really have to do what 
you're most called to, what makes you come most alive, what you, cause otherwise you won't stick right. with it. You right. won't like get into like that grit energy of like, okay, this, this week is tough. This month is hard. Nothing's happening, but I'm going to keep going. Cause I believe in this, mm-hmm. you know? And I kind of had this, this revelation recently about that, which is funny. Cause I was watching this. I was kind of having a moment where I'm like, I've been working at this podcast. I'm doing this stuff. And like, it's not where yeah. I hoped it would be. And like, is it, even, is it even, should I even do it? Is there a point? Like, yeah. And of course there is, because I love it. Yeah. Um, but I was like watching this documentary about whales, which sounds so silly. But there was a guy on there and they were like, this is like the world-renowned photographer of whales. And I was like, damn, like, you know, that guy's really successful. And I was like, you know, I don't think he's successful because he like really wanted to get a lot of likes on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like this guy just loved taking pictures of the whales. Like he just fucking loved it. And yeah. so he kept doing it. Yeah. And maybe that's a silly analogy, but it's reminding me that like, that, like You'll be successful when you love something enough yeah. to do it. And if you don't love something enough, don't do it. Right. Because if you try to force it, you're never going to get it to that. If you're just doing something just to be successful or just to like reach a certain point, like I want this money or I want this acknowledgement, you, you can't keep it up because it's so much work. Yeah. But like you seem to really love and thrive having your practice and being this like bad bitch business and, owner. No, I love it. And I've always had that mind frame of like, if it were to shut down one day, yeah, that would be awful, but that's, that would, would that's I would be devastated, but that would be the nature of what happens, right? Like yeah. I think what's wonderful about yes to therapy is everybody's working there together and as a team. And again, I have like the best team. And if we all decide that one day yes to therapy is gone, then that's the nature of it. We get right back up and start something else, right? Like the our entrepreneurial like spirit is never gonna go away. Yeah. You know? But yeah. Yeah. No, but it won't go away for a while because I mean, it's a strong thing. Good. It's a life force. That's also what's kind of cool. Or it must, when you create like a business, like it becomes its own life force. Mm-hmm. It's its own functioning thing. That's, I mean, again, like you give birth to something, it's not you, it's, it's your creation. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. So let's get into the juicy stuff for those of you who are still watching. <laughs> Surprise. Now the real stuff, the, the loyal fans. <laughs> If you make it this far, we'll hear about it. If you don't, we're going to know. We're going to watch the whole thing. Um, just kidding. Um, let's talk about why you should get fired. Oh, yes. We were talking, talking about, about entrepreneurship. Today. Yes. Yeah, Everybody should so experience good. getting fired. And, I, and it's okay. It's okay. Don't worry I've if you get fired. fired. If you get fired, it can be the best thing that's ever happened to you. Let yourself get fired. Yeah. Why? Well, I was let go, and I'm not going to say where, but I was let go in from a position when I was like 23, 24. Yeah, it was still very young, but it really changed my perspective. And already then I remember wanting to be uh, like start my own business. And I remember having this like book on my desk and it was like, how to start a nonprofit in California and having that there and just like asking, you know, my supervisors if they like being in management. And I remember like typing away emails on upper management and regional managers and partners with the company just to, and I got responses. And one response in particular, I got with somebody that actually came down from headquarters to have a meeting with me and talk about my thoughts and ideas. And then I was let go a week later. I know, I know. And and I, and I always thought maybe it was because at the same time I was working as um, like in sales industry, like liquor industry, but as I think back and think back and see what I have been able to do now, I'm like, oh, that wasn't it. Cause they had known for years. So it was just yeah. really interesting. But I think that was when I knew like, okay, this is real for me. I really want to do something. Yeah. Maybe not right now, but eventually I will. Like, you know, I'm going to. Yeah. Well, it's such an interesting thing when you look back on your life, 
especially like your career, let's mm-hmm. say particularly, and you see like how it develops and you can identify that, you know, that was like, I was kind of a fish out of water there. Like I just yeah, didn't fit. Was. It wasn't for me. And I, I thought, but we can think at the time, because I don't know about you, but in my twenties, every job I got, I was like, okay, maybe I'll be like a super successful salesperson. I worked for a furniture sales place for a while. And I was like, okay, maybe this is what I'll do. And then I was like, this is not <laughs> what I want to do. Yeah. Not there's anything wrong with it, but it's just, I just knew like this, I, I knew for a long time that I needed like really like deep, meaningful work, like something that was like really connected to like Absolutely. my soul's yeah. purpose and like helping and connecting with others. Yeah. Some people don't like your work does not need to always be connected that way. Some people just really like, you know, just working at something that is a craft or, you know, whatever it is. And isn't that too close to their life? It's just finances their life. Right. right. So I think there's different people. Like some people just want a job they can check into kick ass and then go live their life. Mm-hmm. Other people, their work is their life. Mm-hmm. And I've always been that way. It's been like, I, the work I do has to be like super meaningful because it is like me. I can't separate the two personally. Right. Right. Um, so, well, and I think that's why sometimes when people do get fired and if they feel like their work is meaningful at that time and they got let go, I can see how people get extremely devastated yeah. and hit hard depression. Right. But um, I think sometimes when we take a step back and really evaluate why we were let go. I think I was let go because I was ready to go. I think I just needed, when I'm starting to ask about other means of nonprofit and designing something of my own, I was ready. I just wasn't, I just couldn't rip the cord, you know, and I was fine after I left. I mean, I was, I was upset, but I wasn't, I mean, I was able to pick right back up and do something else. Mm -hmm. Well, you just, I'm going to have to use another terror reference, but you, you couldn't rip the cord. So it's, <laughs> you would call it a tower moment. So the tower in tarot yeah. is when basically the universe does for you what you can't do for yourself. And the tower depicts like this giant tower with no doors and just these two windows. So people are like sitting in this tower and they can't get out. Mm-hmm. And so then there's this big shot of lightning that hits it and breaks it open. So it's like very tumultuous. Like these people are flying out, but they're freed. Yeah. And they wouldn't have been freed otherwise. Yeah. So to me, that's often what, you know, maybe it's a gnarly breakup that came out of nowhere. Maybe it's getting fired, but those can often be as unpleasant as they are. Some of the best things that happen to yeah. us because it's what you know, really pushes us to actually fly and do what we really want to do rather than like what might feel safe, what we might think like, well, this could work. This could be good enough. But if it's not, then that's not where we want to be. Right. You know, and I also think about, you know, when, when being let go, getting fired and you're kind of ripping that cord, I also feel like sometimes individuals are fearful of being free in that way. And yeah, it's scary. Yeah. And I could tell you as in this entrepreneur lifestyle, it can be very lonely too, right? Because there's so much responsibility that you hold and nobody really understands unless they're in it themselves like you, right? Like you understand what it's like to create your own hours to do and rely on your own income. Yeah. And so I, I think of being let go as that was like a release. That was a, hey, you're headed in the right direction. You were let go and it, it actually doesn't feel too devastating. Yeah, it, we never want to say we got fired. It's so there's so much stigma, but everybody experiencing, experiences it. So yeah. let's talk about it, right? Yeah. And then, you know, I, I can't speak, like I've never been fired from multiple positions. It was just one. And I feel like, there I go minimizing it, just one. <laughs> just one, guys, just one. You know, but, but what I'm trying to say is there's so much freedom. There's so much freedom to it. Yeah. 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 I've been fired a few times, <laughs> which I think to me, it was kind of saying like, yeah. I don't do that well. Being well, employee. I just sounded like an idiot. I'm like, no, no. I mean, 
<laughs> yeah, quite a few. And it's okay. No, it is okay, actually. It's, it's, it's just like anything else. It shows you something. Yeah. And I, th- I think that it was, again, kind of saying like, maybe you want to create your own thing if you don't fit well in other people's you know, systems because anywhere when you're ever an employee, yeah, you're in someone else's system. You have to fit into their box. Right. And again, some people it's, I'm not knocking that because so many people do that. And also, you know, and I want to point this out because I think that, um, you know, when, when we talk about like meaningful work, Mm -hmm. all work can be meaningful. Yes. I'm a big believer in that. Whether we like it or not, literally any job is people helping each other. Even like we can like yell about like corporations or this or that at the end of the day, there's no job that isn't about one person helping another. We're exchanging things, but in some way we're trying to help each other. Right. So I guess what I'm saying is that any position you can hold, as long as you do it sincere Mm -hmm. and with like, it's then it's meaningful. Right. And, you know, as therapists, we have like, you know, the more like known meaningful work because we work with people on their issues, but any work can be meaningful if you do it right. I used to sell copiers. I was an outside sales rep for copiers. That was like my first big job out of college. And I was like, I don't, I can't do this. Like, how am I going to get into this? But you, I made it my own, you know, I was going into offices and trying to help people with their, you know, copying systems and make it more efficient. Yeah. And so in some way, like the office manager, I was helping out. I was making their life easier. Absolutely. You know, so we're helping each other and that's meaningful work. Right. So um, I just want to offer that because we're not like, you know. Oh, yeah. I don't want to. And I think that's also a thing I don't want to say that being a therapist is the only kind of meaningful work because there's a lot. I mean, people in the sex industry, like they, you know, escort strippers, they're doing their own kind of meaningful work. They also, you know, there's a lot of people in some way that they help with that. Oh yeah. I've actually, well, I've had a body positivity too. I had a a, a previous um, escorts, but, uh, Veronica Monet. Oh, yeah. She's absolutely lovely. She's actually going to be on the show again in yeah. a few weeks. We're going to talk about narcissism. Ooh. Yeah, we are. That's going to be really cool. Um, like narcissistic, narcissistic personality disorder and how to kind of work with that, especially like dating and relationships because it's um, pretty prevalent. Um, anyways, but she was a previous escort and she said her experience with it for the most part was beautiful mm-hmm. and that she, you know, it, it, it's it's comforting. It's your offering. Most people, when it comes to escorts, like sure, sometimes it's about the sex, but other times it's just about companionship, right? Yeah. Intimacy, which intimacy is not always just sex. It's, not, it's about like wanting someone to just be with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So any work can be beautiful, meaningful work. And not everybody needs to be an entrepreneur, right? That's not for everybody. Right. Because what, where would we be if we became entrepreneurs and nobody wanted to work with us? Right. That's the other thing, right? Is what kind of job would we have? Yeah. Like, would it be entrepreneurship? Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. So there's all levels, but just for anyone who is like thinking like, you know, I've always wanted to start my own gig or do something on my own. Um, I think you make a great point about needing to be persistent, have that grit. That's one of my favorite words is grit. It's like that where you like, where things get really tough, but you just keep going, even if it's super slow. Right. I think that's why sometimes it's best to do, like you said, not, you don't have to dive right into it. Like right. if you can, if you have the luxury, like starting it as like your side thing mm-hmm. where you just kind of test the waters and see how it goes. When I first started my practice, I was still, I mean, it was very minimal, but I was doing um, groups for um, a drug and alcohol rehab center where I worked. So it was like a little bit of like help, but for the most part, I kind of dove in and there is that anxiety. I mean, it is stressful to become, Oh yeah. Everything's on boss it's because uh, if you don't have clients, you don't have money. And it's like, wait, what? I don't uh, have a paycheck. Yeah. It's, I don't pretty, have stress. it's pretty stressful. I think that's the number one reason too. People are like, well, what about the benefits? Yeah. I need health insurance. And it's like, yes, that's one of the biggest navigators through yeah. it, but oh my gosh, it's so worth it. It's yeah. It's underway. Yeah. 
I like it. I mean, it's really comforting to me to talk to different business owners, not just about the work that is done and the models that they use, but the lifestyle that they have, because it can, it can be very taxing. You know, it's something that it's my baby. So it never leaves my mind. Like I'm thinking about it all the time. Did I get, did I get things done? What can I, is there anything that can wait tomorrow? I don't want to have to wait tomorrow. Like I need to get things done. And um, I think that's why my husband and I go on these Nice lavish trips because it's like you do you travel, girl. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, otherwise, like I can't unplug. It's so it's Worldwide. so bad. Yeah, tell them where you're going next. Well, we are going to Greece. Um, mm. We went to Iceland this year. We went to Paris. We went to the Maldives. Um, we'll be going to Greece, and then we will come back. We'll go to Hawaii, and then we'll end the year here. So you can see why she has my dream life. <laughs> it's well, like living the dream. Yeah. And my husband's also very successful too. Yeah, so it, awesome. it just like really works. And he, I think the other thing about entrepreneurship and relationships, somebody, they have to respect your time. They have mm-hmm. to know that it's not, I mean, I love my husband, but he knows that I am never going to change my lifestyle. I am not a phenomenal cook. I can try. <laughs> I, I'd rather order food for us. Um, it's time efficient and we tend to eat and it's, it'll be delicious it'll be guaranteed delicious well i mean yeah it will be pretty good, good but yeah he i mean he's very he's a great communicator he's very clear about hey i need time with just you and and accept time and dates with him right like i think another mm-hmm. portion is going into what i think we're, we're starting to go into is dating an entrepreneur for mm-hmm. anybody who is dating one or an entrepreneur and trying to date and trying to date i mean it could be so challenging because it's like one intimidating i'm sure for the other right especially if they don't make what you're making financially whatever it may be to time like it may feel like like we've had these conversations where he's like i need to know that your business doesn't come first over our marriage and i'm like well you come first like if if he ever needed anything of course i'm going to be right there but he has to know that when he married me he was also marrying my spirit, yeah. my entrepreneurial side and knowing that there might be times where it's Friday night and it's 9 PM and we're in the middle of a movie and there's an emergency yeah. and I'm going to take that. Or we're in the middle of an emergency a movie and my phone goes off and I'm going to say, babe, this is one of those days where I'm going to put my phone away. Right. So it's a really big deal when I do, when we go out to eat or go do something and I leave my phone here and he's like, wow. when I try to do that more and show him. So it's just really important. Some people, I think I've heard stories of women I know in particular who are also entrepreneurs and they date men who need a lot of their time. Mm-hmm. They don't understand it. They don't, they like, why do you, why, like, what do you mean? And depending on the type of industry you're in, it can be very challenging. Yes. And that's where, you know, a lot of kind of checking in with yourself and discernment is important because what can happen is that it, it can be hard to sort of, um, you know, you gotta, we got to stick to our truth and what we know. Because what you just described is this this work is a part of who you are. And so, but mm-hmm. so often when, when relationships, if someone's criticizing us, like, well, you work too much, you care more about this, we can start to question, like, am I? Am I at fault here? Like, so when you, and when you get to that state, it's hard to know. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, is this yeah. person being, you know, are they being true? Are they being, is are they right? And I'm in the wrong? Mm-hmm. Or, and it's not like about right and wrong, but it's just like, but the biggest thing is that, you know, you being able to know for yourself, like, okay, we can work on this, but I can't go beyond this point. Like, I'm never going to give up my job. And I'm never going to have a time where I can guarantee you that I won't take a phone call for work because I need to be available if there's a crisis. But anyone who might try to kind of, I think manipulation can come in. I think in relationships, oh, yeah. like people can get, I mean, our, our worst sides are often shown in relationships, but some people are just don't know how to 
support another person fully. Mm-hmm. Maybe because of their own, you know, are their own wounding, their own stuff, their own insecurities, that they can kind of pin someone out to be in the wrong or the bad guy, right. even when that person is just. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that it sounds like you you guys have a healthy dynamic, yeah. which is rare because well, you're supported and seen for what you need and you guys make it work. Well, we've also, I mean, it, it's been work. Like we're choosing to put the work in. We're cho- Every day we make a choice to be together. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a choice. And, you know, sure, are there times where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I don't, I, I have so much to do. I, I might not see him all week. Yeah, sometimes I feel that way, but we do really good about like I'll communicate like, hey, this day is gonna this is a long day for me, and he'll do the same, um, which is really really helpful. He's very attentive, and then I tend to sometimes I'm like I want to open up an ice cream shop, and then we'll have all these flavors, and they'll be <laughs> wait. Labeled. This is in addition to the what were you talking about earlier? Today? A, a dog. doggy date? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, and then a makeup. I thought it was so fun. I was like, and then we'll have these ice creams that are like after like my trauma ice cream, my depressive ice cream. Like it would just be so fun. Um, but he's like, babe, focus on your business, babe. And he like keeps me in line, you know, yeah, but you guys yeah. are great. Yeah. He's, he's, he's also like, he's, he, he's an introvert. I mean, he could be an extrovert. Sometimes. He's in the next room, which is, this I is know, amazing. You I can just talk about this and you can. Well, he knows who we married. I know. And I love that. You guys yeah. are totally transparent. And that's so cool. Very transparent. The other thing too, is I, you know, want to pinpoint for individuals who have been together and then one grows into this entrepreneurial lifestyle mm-hmm. that can be challenging as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been always the clearest with Sean on communicating like my needs and like the lifestyle I want to live. And now it's to a point where I'm like, babe, what kind of lifestyle do you want? Okay. That means I have to work a little bit more this weekend, or I have to do a little bit more of this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just all the way you're communicating. So yeah. 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 It's truly amazing when, partnerships can work. I've been flying solo for the most part of going into this work. And, you know, I, I would love to have somebody to, to share it with, but it is, it's hard to find somebody who, who matches like what you're and like to, you know, to give full ownership to it is I find challenges too. You know, I find it hard to know how to fit someone else into mm-hmm. like, cause I will say, and I think this is maybe people who tend to like want to lead or like start something or be an entrepreneur are pretty focused on like what they're wanting to create and build. And I've got, I get kind of used to that. And then, so when I think about like, well, how does someone else fit here? I don't always know, right? you know? So I think it takes a certain person who's like, doesn't need to be told, like it just kind of can work. We're very patient. Yeah. And also who's, who's like going to be able to voice like, Hey, this doesn't work for me rather than getting mad. We're like, Oh, well, you're just going to do whatever you want to do. Right. But rather be like, Oh, I see that this is what you do. How can we work on this? It's, 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 that's a good point. Cause it's like, Oh, you're just going to do whatever you want to do. Not, no, 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 no. Because yeah. I'm working on this to build a lifestyle for myself and you're in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I it's, want you to be in it and yeah. part of it. Yeah. But I need yeah. to know that that's someone who's supportive and kind and truthful, you know, honest, honest with themselves. And it doesn't have to be someone else who also has their own like big hopes and dreams, but someone else who you know, cares about what they're doing and taking care of themselves and, and things that they believe in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I also think that there's this piece of um, individuals who say they would, they want it at first, right? Like they're so excited that, oh, my partner is an entrepreneur and works for themselves. And then when they're yeah. in it, they're like, this isn't so glamorous. It's glamorous, right? Like, oh, an entrepreneur. It's not always that glamorous, but it's, yeah. if you want you get it. messy. Yeah, it's it's messy, messy and it can be risky. Because your lifestyle your life starts to change. The people maybe you once associated with are not understanding it. 
the way you need them to sometimes, right? So it just yeah. changes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, we certainly unpacked a bit about entrepreneurialism, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to switch gears a little bit because Amanda and I are both business women, but we're also a little bit witchy. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. So I personally think that Amanda is like one of the most intuitive psychic people I know. Thank you. That's like, it's pressure. But no, I guess not pressure. It's a gift. It's a gift, girl. It's just your natural. So what's interesting about you is you don't really pursue it, right? Because I have like my whole network. People have seen on the show or heard on the show a lot of women who are gifted mediums, intuitives, and that's how they've made their work out of. But you, it's like you have it, but you you do kind of, oh, maybe you can share at this point about your tattoos because you you said that you're kind of doing like this theme where one part of you is your clinical side and one part is your more intuitive or spiritual, emotional side. So you do kind of keep the two separate. I do. I do. I think that, um, I think I've always done that. Yeah. So this is kind of more of the, um, intuitive side and you'll see that, you know, it's, it's, it's flowers and it's bird and it's arrows and it's going to go up along here. And then this side here is, is, um, I don't know if you can see them, but there's, there's just a lot of different, like chemicals right and so it'll wrap all around and it you know i have them in here and in here and it's just different chemicals like um love sleep dopamine serotonin adrenaline and and those are kind of the the science brain yeah and the intuitive side but yeah i i um i think it's just a way for me to understand what i'm doing and what what route I'm taking clinically and intuitively, mm-hmm. um, and who I'm around. But yes, I've come from, I come from a very intuitive family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, there is a very intuitive side that I, I dream a lot of what I need to know. And when I need to see somebody, I ask for it before I fall asleep and I will dream a lot of it. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And if I need to see something about somebody or someone's asked me to, then I need to, usually I have to sit and sit and sit for days on and then I can dream it. But if it's like, you know, I lucid dream, I, you know, astro travel and I will like, if there's something I don't want to dream about, then I will talk about that while I'm like laying down and I'm like, okay, we are not going to dream about this because I've been dreaming about it for four nights in a row and I'm so tired of it. Mm. We're going to dream of something else and then we'll dream of something else. Um, And if I keep dreaming of it, of course I'm going to go explore it. Uh, But my dream state feels very real to me um, before I really understood what was happening. I mean, I've always dreamt since I was a young child, I can remember, but before I really understood what was happening, I was just so tired all the time. Mm. And now that I'm being more um, attuned with my dream state, I can actually, I feel rested because a lot of the times I like to say to myself, oh, I'm going to sleep. This means I'm going to, I'm waking up. Right. So, and you know, this is not real life. I'm going to go to sleep and that's my life. Right. Mm. So I go back and forth depending on where I need to be. Um, But I also, if I look on the science side of things, right, I have, sleep apnea and I have a weighted blanket that is 25 pounds and I weighted blankets are sweet yeah and, so nice. and I have sleep paralysis and I you know I'm very close to meeting the criteria for narcolepsy so the science part of me is like dreams is you know there is just part of our state or subconscious of things that are going on in our life and then I have this dream state that I get to go and, and also feel like I'm alive in it too. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so lucid dreaming is when you like you're basically live in your dream. Like you're acting, you're able to like, okay, I want to walk over here and you walk over there. Like you're it's feels like real life. Yeah, except my lucid dreams, I'm there's usually something bad happening. And mm. and in my dream, it's like it's like repetitive. So like there's something bad happening. And then in my dream, I'm like, wait a minute, I realize I'm dreaming. And I'm like, wait a minute, let's rewrite this dream. Right. So if somebody's running after me or it's some somebody wants to shoot me or kill me, whatever it is, a lot of the time I'm like waking up and I'm like, wait, 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 they can't. I'm not going to let them because this is a dream. So they could keep chasing me, but hold on. And in my dream, it's so weird. Like, like I'm like, they're super close to like, let's just say stabbing me or something. Right. It's yeah, intense. And then I'll be like, wait, 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 hold on in my dream. And I'm like, reason with them. Yeah. I reason with them. And I'm like, I get a five, you know, five minute head start. So I'm going to start running and then you could chase after me. It's so weird. It's so <laughs> bizarre. And then I just kind of go like that or I fly a lot in my dreams. You get to fly. I fly all the time and I go check on people in my dreams. What? Like who? I just hover over, you know, it's kind of just whoever I decide to go check on in my dream. Like people you love, like family? Oh, that's so cool. For a long time, I used to just hover over myself. You could see yourself? Sleeping, yeah. I used to just hover okay. over myself. So that's astral traveling. Yeah. That's where you're like getting out of your body. But I didn't know that's what it was at all. But I asked her, I just didn't know. Yeah. So... I love that we're talking about this because I think that this stuff happens to people, you know, everybody, like whether you're like deep in like, you know, the spiritual realm and you've opened up like your holistic healing, or if you're like a successful business owner, a therapist practice, you're still, we're all connected to the spiritual world. It's what, this is a spiritual world. Even like the 3D, the physical world is still spiritual. Our dream world is spiritual. But I think that almost kind of like akin to some of the stuff we've talked about, like getting fired or whatever else it's like, shame or it's like or can i talk about this is this okay mm-hmm. and the answer is always yeah mm-hmm. if it's happening to you then talk it's okay it. also like about the parts work yeah if you're experiencing it of course it's okay it's okay if you have this part of you that like you know wants to like be a protector and wants to you know you feel like it's holding you back it's trying to help you yeah i, I have parts that are very clinical and then i have parts of me that are very intuitive yeah you know and um a lot of it is just i don't even know how to label it half the time because i you know I'll usually just explain what's happening to me. And then some, you know, like you were like, that's astro traveling. And I'm like, Oh, okay. But I've been doing that forever. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. Like it's, it's just, it's just called going to sleep at night. Yeah. But no, but I think like speaking to this is good because a lot of people I think it happens to and they're like, what the heck was that? Like there's, it's scary to some people. Yeah. Like, is there something wrong with me? Is there something like bad about this? And I think that, you know, that's hard for people to kind of keep that, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like when people, I, I'm sure you have a lot as I do, who, when they first start experiencing anxiety, I have a lot of clients who like when they're children, when they're yeah. kids, they would have panic attacks in their room and they were like, what is wrong? Yeah. Like, what is this? And they didn't know who to talk to about it. Like mm-hmm. whether their parents were like not the type to talk about feelings yeah. and they'd be like, just don't worry about yeah. it. And they're like, yeah, but it's, it is uncomfortable and yeah. it makes me worried. <laughs> yeah. There's like with sleep paralysis too. I, you know, the thing I thought was like somebody's it feels like somebody's on your chest, but yeah. I get it on my whole body and I can make noise. Like it's kind of funny. Like I'll not funny, but I'll be lying there. And then I'm like, uh, because sometimes I don't want to be in sleep paralysis and I'm awake. So I'll just like make noise like, uh, and Sean knows to wake me up. Oh, no way. Yeah. Are you able to do that? Yeah. Most people feel like literally completely paralyzed. Yeah. I'm paralyzed, that. but I've gotten to this place where I could now 
go, mm, mm, and make noise. I know it sounds funny. I'm like, sorry, guys, just showing you what it is. And then, and then, uh, and then he'll wake me up. Um, other times I'll feel it. And I, um, if he's, no one else is in the room with me, then, um, it reminds me of like, Kill Bill. Have you seen Kill Bill? Yes. And you know when she's paralyzed and she learns to like, the character oh, yeah. learns to move one toe. Yeah. It kind of feels like that. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm in sleep paralysis. And so I got to really focus in on a body part and really, really focus in. It's a lot of mindful meditation. Mm-hmm. And then move one body part until I can start to move and get up. Okay. Because for anyone out there who's had sleep paralysis or if they have it, because it's scary the first time. It can time. be really scary. And also like some people see some crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Like creepy. You, you always like hear these like stories about people who see like a dark figure or something approaching them yes. in their sleep paralysis. How do you move through that? How do you, how would you recommend people like if they're having a sleep paralysis episode? That's kind of funny. That's why I go by the clinical side. That's I think why I pick and choose, which is like, okay, but I'm like, that's why I say please sleep paralysis. And that's a sciencey side. So I'm not so scared of it when it happens because when it was yeah. happening, I didn't have a term for it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, something's wrong with me mm-hmm. or I'm possessed or my house is possessed. Right. And so for anybody who's navigating through sleep paralysis and starts to maybe see something or feel an energy, I would, I would, I think the last thing you want to do is get really, really scared because you can't move and you're going to freak out and it could lead you to having a panic attack. Um, slow it down slow it down, breathe and know that it's your body's state. Like if we look at it in a way of like through the lens of science, it's your body's way of protecting you from acting out on a dream. Mm. So that's okay. Right. So we no, my body's helping me. My mm. body's trying to protect me, lay into it. Let yourself just lay into the paralysis until, and until you're ready to wake up. Mm. Um, now, if you're seeing like some kind of energy or feeling this energy, um, Again, like if you invite that energy in, if you are, oh my gosh, there's something here. I can feel it. It's bad. It's negative. And you're acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. It has oh, like a stronger power over you. We're giving it power, right? right. By acknowledging mm-hmm. it, by putting that out, you're giving it. Yeah. So you just want to let it know things like, nope, nope, not today. Get the fuck out of here. Leave me alone. Go mm-hmm. away. Go away. And you invite in positive, positive energies um and then when you do wake up you know sage palo santo do the things that are going to help you maybe talk to a medium or whatever you need to do um and i know my medium might watch this so uh so uh, kylie i know uh if i get this wrong you can can, uh, say something um but yeah no you just yeah, I mean, there's different ways to handle it, but when you don't know what it is, it can be so scary. Yeah, it, it so is. Scary. Well, any sort of psychic or spiritual experience can be alarming because yeah. we don't talk about it. Right. And also, it's it's you can be sort of criticized or sort of um, you know shot down if you try to speak to it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's that's nothing. Mm-hmm. That's not a real thing. It's like, well, it felt really real to me, right? When I was like hearing this voice or heard this guidance or maybe like felt like I was approached by a spirit. Like, how the heck do you say that to someone? who's not open to that. Yeah. Cause I have like, it's, it's interesting. I, Cause I've moved much into like the spiritual world, but most of my people from like early life are very much like in the science world. And like, yeah. Cause when I met you, I didn't know that you were that spiritual. I wasn't. When we first met when I was working at Uplift, I wasn't into all that yet. I mean, I was never like opposed to it, but um, I wasn't like deep into it. I was always very curious about it. Like from my whole life, I'd love to hear about like, you know, spiritual happenings or like ghost stories, or I've always been like, yeah, totally. Or aliens, always loved alien stuff. 
Because I'm like, I'm that could totally be true. I've always been very open-minded. But yeah. now I feel like I've been like, yeah, no, it's to me, it's that's what's real. And I, I don't, I'm not knocking anyone else who like doesn't connect with that, but that's what my truth feels like right. is like being pulled into like the farthest outreaches of esoteric shit you can imagine. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's where I want to be. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're not from this planet. I'm not from this planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. That's what I think. I think I, I yeah, there, there's a lot of people who, there's a term called star seeds mm. and they're people who it's sort of like we're planted here to sort of bring a shift on earth because mm. earth has kind of lost its way a little bit. That's why things aren't, you know, that well. So, and I'll say this for also, you know, along with, if you experience sleep paralysis, if you feel like you are kind of an outsider here, if you feel like you don't, this isn't your home. Cause some people have that their whole life. They're here on this planet. They don't feel good in their body. They don't feel at home here. Probably because it's not your home. Yeah. You know, we're only here for a very short time. Within life, it can feel long. You know, a day can feel long sometimes. Mm-hmm. Years here can feel like, gosh, just, when's this going to be over? But really, it's just a short little blip on the whole spectrum of, you know, the soul's experience. And we might be here. We're all here for a reason. Mm-hmm. I believe we all chose to be here at a certain time for a certain purpose. And so, I mean, almost just like the way you describe getting through sleep paralysis, you just have to breathe and remind yourself, like, I know that I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And I know that this won't last forever. Mm-hmm. you know, and find ways to sort of connect with yourself and reach out to others, mm-hmm. you know, try to connect with people who might have had your similar experience or might have the same feeling. Reach out to me. If you think you're not from this planet, give me a call. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll just show us about that. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, and the other thing too is like with sleep paralysis or any kind of sleep disorder, I mean, it can be, like you said, very, very scary, but it's, it's understanding what it is and what it's there for. And I, you know, I've gotten better at understanding when I might have a, a sleep paralysis episode. Yeah. Um, and I also let my husband know like, Hey, I might, I might think I might be having, I might have one tonight. Right. And mm-hmm. he gets like, I mean, he's so great at it. There was, yeah, he's so great at it. But we joke around that, like, if he's ever mad at me, he's not going to wake me up out of my sleep. I'm like, I'm going to keep you there. You're <laughs> you're That's how we joke around. Yeah, he's like, I'm not. He's like, you better be nice to me because next time. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not going to let you just lay there. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you just, with anything, you just got to start to understand what what's happening and why it's there yeah. and really lean into it. Yeah. And then would you, could you, would you be open to speaking a little bit? Because we've actually had a few conversations where you felt like somebody in the spirit world was trying to connect with me and they were going through you. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of dreams that I've had about you, which is pretty crazy. I don't know who it is. I don't, I, sometimes I start to think, okay, is it an older version of Whitney or no, but I've had two separate dreams where one is an older version of you, I know for sure. Mm. And the other one is some strong relative of yours, a brunette. She is a relative. Um, I don't know if she, she's very particular about how she likes her things. Um, very mm. not eclectic, but definitely um, bold. I think that would be the term that stands out for me. I don't know who yeah. she is. I have no idea who she is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that idea. And I definitely have felt in the past years, um, a lot of like ancestral connection, like that a lot of my guides in this life are past ancestors, maybe even just like a few generations back, like great grandmothers or great, great, great grandmothers who were kind of aligned with me, like kind of like women who want to like stand for something and speak out and kind of move in a bold way, the way that we both do. Um, And I feel that energy with me. And I think it's partly from them. Yeah. You know, and I'll, I'll share one thing that was interesting is one time when you told me that this person had kind of talked to you and said they had a message for me, but you're like, but I don't remember what she said. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. But then a few nights later, you called me out of nowhere 
And you were just like, let's talk, you want to talk about something. And then you're like, I was sharing about Women Weekend, which I had started. I was just doing the website and I was doing groups. And I was like, I want to grow this. Like, I see this vision for Women Weekend, but I'm just not sure how to get there. And you're like, well, you just need to like create a community and, and start, you know, having like memberships and you just, and you're just like going on and on and on. And I was taking notes. Yes. And when you finished, I was like, Amanda, I think that was the message. Like from, Ooh. like, I felt like my, my ancestor, whoever it was, was like, wants me to move forward with this. Yeah. And cause you like spelled it. I still have a business plan. I'm, <laughs> I'm moving like, forward. I've made like some strides. I'm seeking for your business. I was like, I love helping people develop any kind of business. Plan. I know. I can totally see Call you being like, like a, sit there yeah. and like, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. You need to be like someone who I can see you just like hitting like such high ranks of like achievement and success that you just become like an investor and you like hear people's ideas and you're like, here's how we're going to make this happen. <laughs> I would love I'm going to help you with this. We're going to start your little like makeup slash dog care boutique. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Let's have an idea that they need a yes yeah, that'll be you <laughs> yeah. you're already there like you're yeah, yeah. you're gonna be my promoter right yeah i know I, yesterday i was telling whitney i was like oh my gosh you can contact this person and she's like how do you do it i was like we just contact them i will do it for you make me the list of people that you're interested in i'll reach out and then we'll just do it like just yeah and i was like you already have a million things to do yeah. i don't think you have time for that I will but someday it. when you're able to retire early then you can be my promoter well and i feel like we have so much time though we do in a day. We, we do. So and when you're fishing, there's a lot of time in a day. There's a lot of time in a week. There's a lot of time in life, mm-hmm. you know, and one chapter of your life can end and a whole new one can start yeah. at any time in life. Yeah. And that's one thing I love. I have so many women on my show who are amazing and they t- talk so much about the importance of midlife for women, because mm-hmm. really sometimes that's the start of us really flourishing where we've really done the work to get to know ourselves, to heal and all of a sudden we can step out and actually pursue. We have the capacity mm-hmm. to pursue the things that we believe in and love. And, and I think the biggest thing that's important is that because women are often only valued for how we look mm-hmm. and if we're pleasing to the eyes and like sexually and sensually, which mm-hmm. first of all, we can still be until the day we die. All right. Mm-hmm. But also like, that's not all there is. You can hit 50 and still be more badass than ever in every way. Oh Yeah. And that's something that, again, a lot of women talk about my show because a lot of the women I've had are in midlife and beyond. And they're like, my life has is so much better than it used to be. And I feel so much stronger and in my own power. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. It's very beautiful. Yeah. So it. here's to like being stoked about getting older. You know? I, I think that like, you know, I even talked to my mom and, you know, it, you know, I was having conversations with her just most recently because she was here and um, talking about like aging. And I was like, mom, but let's, let's think about it a little bit differently. Like you are alive and getting the chance to experience what aging really means. And it can be so beautiful and it could have a wisdom to it. And yeah, I mean, of course, if I could go back to my twenties, I would live so much differently. Oh my God. But would you know, because then how would you have learned? Okay. I did some things that maybe like, I'm not going to talk about that. (laughs) I probably didn't. What you did? I probably, sometimes I'm like, Sean is always like, how are you still alive? Right. I'm like, I don't know. I had an angel. Yeah. I still do. I don't know. How. Oh my gosh. Like by the hair of my chin and chin chin. Yeah. I'm alive. Yeah. I don't oh know. My gosh. Same. In my twenties, I'm like, I should not. Yeah. Should yeah. be dead. But I love the youth of it, but I actually <sighs> feel better about myself now. Totally. You know, completely. I thought, I mean, oh my gosh, in my twenties, like it was so hard to accept myself. Mm-hmm. It was so hard to like, I don't know, I just always felt so overwhelmed by things. Mm-hmm. And and like, I, I just felt the strong sense of like, is this okay? Like, is who I am okay? Is what I did okay? 
And you know, you know that I've gotten sober, but that was when I used to drink, it was like the only thing that would get like all this craziness out of my head where I was constantly worrying about what other people thought of me and whether what I did was okay or not. And, you know, so I would drink to kind of dull that sort of pressure. Yeah. But then it all comes like rearing back even stronger yeah. when, you, when you're using substances to avoid it. Yeah. I burnt a lot of relationships in my twenties and hurt yeah. a lot of people. And I mean, I was hurt too. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there's people who haven't seen me in years and if they did, I'm completely different than who I was in the past, but, mm-hmm. but there's still a lot of core values that I still hold and have gotten very Totally. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I always tell clients and I'm you know, sure you do as well is I'm a big advocate of not condemning ourselves. Yeah. Even if we're like, okay, well, I want to be a different person. It's not about trying to like kill the person you were. Mm-hmm. Cause I'll be honest. I've had times in my life where I, I think like subconsciously I wanted who I used to be to die. Like I didn't want that person, not like a, a suicidal thing right, right, right. happened there, but, but more this mentality of like, I wish that she, I hate that I was her. I hate that I did that. I hate that people saw me this way. I hate her and I want her gone. Mm-hmm. But when you have that mentality, you really kind of, it's, you can't fully accept yourself if you're, if it's like separated that way, like, yeah. Oh, well me in the first 20 years of my life, terrible, gross, awful. And me now I'm different because that person's still there. They need love. They need to be welcome back in. That's parts work, right? It's like, or inner child work. Where you're, a lot of love. Yeah. Parts work is, is the belief that love is where it starts. Mm-hmm. Love, you know, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's all love. Mm-hmm. Cause when you strip everything else, when you strip everything away, everything is love just at a different vibration. Mm-hmm. Even when we're sad or angry, that's just lower love. Mm-hmm. Highest love is when we're just like fully like mm-hmm. heart open. Like I just, I just feel only gratitude and appreciation mm-hmm. for this moment for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And I think that's, you know, the purpose of the work I do with my clients, but also even in this podcast is I want to, I, I think this world deserves more of that, of heart opening experiences of love because we have so much of more of the conditional sort of lower energy yeah. where it's like, okay, I'm happy now because things worked out. But what if, what if tomorrow I, I lose my identity, my job, my partnership, my, you know, success, Mm-hmm. If we yeah. if we're dependent on that, then that's not true love because love doesn't know about any of that. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. Mm-hmm. Love doesn't know about like unconditional. Yeah, yeah. real love is unconditional. It really it has no is. terms. It, it really is. Yeah. Which that's why it can be dangerous. But it's a beautiful thing. But that's yeah. why I think love can really just like I don't know. Love is kind of where it starts and where it ends. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's why I have. Oh no. Um, Oh yeah, I have love, sleep, and dopamine, serotonin, all those fun things. Yeah, all the things that make up life. Mm-hmm. We kind of go in and out of each of those. Yeah, beautiful. Where it starts and where it ends. Yeah. Well, maybe that's a good place for us to end on that note. Okay. On a beautiful note. This has been so fun. Yeah. Amanda, the Amanda and Whitney show. Ta-da! I'm into it. This was a blast. Yeah. Thank you for letting us use your yeah. beautiful home Thanks. as our the studio. Yeah. We'll have to do this again when I'm back this way. Yeah. Or when I move out this way? Yeah. I know. Um, she's just going to move out here. I, I see it. <laughs> Ooh, you see it? You have a vision for it? Maybe that's what the dream was about you next to the window with water. Maybe it's... Oh my gosh, you're just saying that. You're going to come out here. <laughs> you're like, it looks weirdly like my view outside my window. Oh, I think this was it. <laughs> this is it. We were recording. This is what I saw. This is what I saw. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. So is there any last things that you wanted to hit on or um, anything to throw out? Let's see. I think we talked about a lot. Um, we covered so much stuff. We're very multifaceted people. 
Yeah. Cause we got the spiritual stuff. We got the clinical stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Owners. Yeah, I know. Yeah. One thing that came to mind is that when we're talking about advice to give to people who are like looking to start their own thing, because it's kind of aligned with like when we're saying if you're having a weird spiritual experience or like weird thoughts, reach out to other people who are open to that, right? The people we, that might be harder to talk to are those who are like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think that any of that's real. But in the same vein, if you want to start your own business, let's say in like a doggy daycare thing, talk to people who are doing what you want to do. Yes. And that's my biggest advice is because, I mean, if they've already done it, then shit, yes. ask them. Like, what was the yeah. first step they took? Yeah. When I first, the summer of 2020, no, before that, it was like right after quarantine started and we're all sitting around with all this time on our hands. And I realized I wanted to start my own practice. I went through my LinkedIn and just found every single therapy business owner. And I just would message them. And I was like, can you set up a call? And that's why I haven't done this. And I think it was actually almost practice for me to do a podcast because I ended up having these amazing conversations, basically interviewing them and being like, how did you get your start? How did you get focused? How did you get your success? Like, what do you do now? And I, I must have made like 200 calls that summer. I just, cause I had so much time and I wanted to like use it. And it was so valuable. Cause I was like, okay, it actually, it's not that crazy. Like yeah, you can just do it. Cool. Cause there's something about moving from being employed to being like an owner that feels like, oh no, like that's just how could I ever do that? Oh, but yeah. you just, you can. It's you actually it. not yeah. that really crazy. Yeah. You know, my last name, Cortez, and you know the Nike Cortez tagline, just do it. <laughs> you know, I always, I'm like, just, just do it. Yeah. yeah, do it. And that's totally your your mindset that I love. Again, that's why you're so great. You're the best person to talk to. I'm like, I think I want to do this. And you're like, yeah, do it. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Like, how are we going to do it? Let's sit yeah. down. All right. Like, it's not a matter of should I, it's a matter of how. How am I going to do this? I want to see this. How am I going to do it? Yeah. Not, is it possible? Of course, everything is possible. Anything is possible. Look at, look at, just look at our world. But how? Yeah. all the amazing things we've created, like yeah. all the amazing things that exist. They, none of those would be if someone didn't take a risk and say, I have a vision. That's what I love about life is like everything that you see around you, everything that exists was once just in someone's mind. Right, right. They were like, I think that there's this thing where you can fl- go through the sky and get from like one country to the next and not have to like walk. Yeah. And people were like, that sounds sanity. You are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of different things. Like there's, I mean, I was researching like different companies and like sock companies that make millions of dollars. And you're like, selling socks i mean it's just like you know what i mean just just it's if you can dream it it can it can yeah, be a thing you okay. can make it happen and yeah. look at people people who really believe in themselves are the one that have the success because they're not going to listen they're going to be like do you think this will work do you think do you think they just do it yeah. and then people are like wow they just did that and i like it yeah yeah so do what you feel trust your intuition yeah trust let your heart be your guide because love love is everything mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. All right, my dear. This has been amazing, but we got to go because we got to go out. We're ready to get. We have our dancing shoes on. We're gonna go. I don't know if I tear up the town in Portland. Dance. I don't know. (laughs) My leg already hurts. You got this. You'll be good. All right, Amanda. Thank you so much. I love you, girl. We'll have you back on soon to do some follow up. Yeah. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. That wraps up our beautiful conversation with our wonderful guests. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Waken podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with others and come back for more. If anything you heard resonates, leave a review or send me an email at Whitney at womenwaken.com and check out the website, womenwaken.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your light shine and keep an eye out for your special gifts and magic.